This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, what's up? And welcome back to another Coffee Talk podcast episode. Today's episode is going to be so much fun. I decided to dip into some of my dating history to bring you guys a scary boy story episode. Now, this is inspired by October and Utober in general with creating that kind of, I guess, spooky spin on the usual coffee talks. All names have been changed in today's video. And I already say this at the beginning of the actual coffee talk, but I I don't mean any ill will to any of the dates that I talk about going on in today's video. Like I said, I'm just using past history as content and I thought it would just be a fun thing to do. So before we jump in, I'm going to leave you guys with our usual quote to start our chat today. And this one comes in from Jennifer L. Armantrout and it says, I understand books. I did not understand boys, especially alien boys. What's up and welcome back to day 12 of Utober for today's coffee talk, Utober related coffee talk. I thought it would be fun since I'm putting a Halloween slash autumn spin on all of the coffee talks for this month that I would tell you scary boy stories. I'm in like, I say my later 20s, I'm 26, but I've done some dating and I think anybody that's dipped into the dating pool Everybody has some horror stories, and today I figured I would share my own dating horror stories. I have no ill intent to anybody I have ever dated. I feel like I just need to put that out there. There's just that lack of compatibility that sometimes is almost kind of laughable. You know what I mean? Like I, I think, especially because I'm gonna be doing a, a story time version and I'm putting a Halloween twist on everything today. I feel like it should go without saying, but just in case it doesn't go without saying, I don't actually believe that like, that Ken Barbie was potentially a murderer or all names have been changed by the way, but I don't think necessarily that burning up Brad that there was anything energetically wrong with his body that made my body just not react well. <laughs> You're probably wondering what the heck. So let's dive in to my scary boy stories. Screw ghosts, we don't need to be haunted by ghosts when we're haunted by dating in the modern day. For those of you guys that are just listening, I swapped in my coffee today for a glass of red wine, because if we're gonna have boy chats, I had to get the whole vibe going, so feel free to pour yourself a cozy beverage, a wine glass, whatever you want. Nestle in, get cozy, and sit around the metaphorical coffee talk bonfire while we tell scary boy stories. First on the chopping block is serial killer Ken. Uh, I'll profile each of them. We're gonna do this kind of like we're in a murder mystery case, and I'll like give you guys like a full profile, make up everything, and then tell you the story. So serial killer Ken's profile makeup would be he was a couple years older than me he was a model and he was really obsessed with true crime specifically serial killers hence the name <laughs> so when I first moved to Toronto I was a I was jumping out of a small pond into the freaking 
ocean when it came to dating, okay? I was single when I moved to Toronto, and I was coming from Kingston, Ontario of like 200 and some odd thousand people to a city of millions, and I was like ready to dip into the man pool. Like that sounds dirty, but all I mean is that like I didn't even know what my type was. I didn't know what I was interested in. I just wanted to go on dates. I just wanted to meet people, and so I did. When I first moved here, I, I didn't go on a ton of dates, but I went on quite a few in the first few weeks of living here. I was just like, I didn't dip my toe into Toronto. I didn't like slowly move. I moved in, joined Tinder, and just started going on dates. That's how I ended up meeting my ex, but before I met my ex, I had gone on a few other dates, and Serial Killer Ken was one of those dates. In fact, we actually went on a few dates. I really just wanted, I didn't know what I was in. I, he was just really good looking. I'm stumbling on my words by just trying to beat around the fact that he was beautiful. He was drop dead gorgeous, like just a beautiful, beautiful person to look at. Um, hence why we're calling him Ken, like Barbie Ken. He was a model, but the thing is, is that you take that you take that equation, someone who's beautiful and is a model, he knows he's beautiful. And it definitely came across like he knew he was beautiful, which is no shame. He was beautiful, so he should know that. But I feel like it was like apparent that he knew that. On our second date, we were sitting at a restaurant, but it was a shared table. So it was like a bigger table and you can sit and like have like two seaters or whatever, but there's people that are like not far from you that are at the same table, but far enough away that like you're having separate dinners type of thing and serial killer Ken got up to go to the bathroom and there was two guys like two buddies beside us that were having a drink and they they reached in and they were like um do you want us to save you from this date and I was like what? Like, I was a little confused. I was like, pardon? Again, I'm like third week in Toronto, okay? Nobody does this back at home. And I'm like, I mean, I don't know. And and not only that, okay, I, I feel like I've worked a lot on my self-confidence, but back in the day, I was riddled with self-doubt. I'm still riddled with self-doubt. But like back then, if somebody were to be like, are, are see, things don't seem okay, are you okay? It would make me feel like something wasn't okay. Like I wouldn't trust my own instinct to know whether or not something was okay. And so that kind of like triggered something in me because I was like, yeah, I'm I'm good. Like should should something be wrong? I think it was just the fact that when this guy, sweetheart, but I mean, I don't think he realized how much he tended to kind of, um, what's a good way to put it, like, boast a little bit. Like, he was just like, he talked about himself a lot, and I think that that's maybe why, looking back now, they reached over and they were like, do you want us to save you from this? As in, like, this guy seems like he's kind of full of himself, like, do you, do you want out of this date? But at the time, I was just naive. I honestly, I, my standards were good looking. And I was like, no, I think I'm okay. Thank you. So the date ends again, just the red flag, you know, red flag. So date number three, serial killer Ken invites me over to make me dinner. And I thought this was nice. You know, I was like, wow, yeah, I would love for you to make me dinner. Like that sounds great. He was chivalrous enough to walk to my apartment and then walk me to his place because this was winter time. So it gets dark really early at that time. He thought it wouldn't be safe for me to walk alone at night, which is again, in hindsight, weird because I feel like, anyway, we'll get there. But he walked all the way to my place and then walked me back. It was like a 10 minute walk, but still in the cold, super nice. Um, so we go to his apartment and the first thing I noticed when I walked in is I was like, there's 
like it doesn't look like someone's living here like there's nothing on his walls like very just super like basic just I, it kind of looked like an airbnb almost if you will and i was just like okay weird but again i'm like i i tend to be a little over the top when i like aesthetics and decor so i'm like you know what not everybody needs 12 throw pillows that's fine like maybe not everybody wants gallery walls on every open space in their house that makes sense to me so he makes me dinner we're chatting away and then another red flag appears. He had mentioned a few times that he was into true crime and I'm into true crime. In fact, I grew up like one of the few fond family memories I have growing up is Dateline NBC being on the TV in the family room. And sometimes my family on the odd occasion would all sit down and watch Dateline. So that's like a warm, I like true crime for that reason. I'm weird with true crime because I feel like watching stuff like that sometimes affects my energy, but I I also have like a nostalgic yearn for it. It's weird. Anyways, I understood. I was like, I like true crime too. We would talk about it quite often, but this night in particular, he brings it up again. But this time he brings up the fact that he did jury duty for a case where there was like someone was murdered. And I was like, okay, interesting. Tell me about that experience. And so he goes on and on, but the thing, like, I feel like it was like, okay, red flag, okay, red flag. And I'm just like naively walking past and around the red flags. And then all of a sudden it was like red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag, because he was, he just went on and on about one, all of the ways the murderer got caught based on his evidence Two, all of the ways that he would have been able to get away with said murder because of the like negligence on the murderer's part. And then three went as far as being like, if I was a serial killer, like this is how I would do it. And like, I I get social anxiety often and it doesn't happen all of the time but if anything triggers anything inside of me that makes me feel like I'm not safe in public it's like almost it used to be uncontrollable I'm way better with it now but at that time I was not seeing a therapist I was not dipping into my mental my mental state I was not doing my healing, inner child work, any of that. None of that had been even touched yet. So I instantly just get this overwhelming instinctual feeling of I, I need to leave. I do not want to be here anymore. I don't want to be eating dinner. We're only like two glasses into wine. Like I just, I just felt like I needed to leave. And I mean, you got to honor that. You know, I feel like sometimes our bodies tend to instinctually pick up on things, but I also know that I, I suffer from an anxiety disorder. So who's to say, I don't know. I like to trust myself because that helps me work more friendlier with my anxiety. Basically, I'm saying he probably wasn't a serial killer, but the vibes were there and my body was like, nope. So anyway, I say I have to go to the bathroom. I go into the washroom. I'm having a full-on panic attack and my phone's dead. So I can't text my sister. I can't call my sister. That's literally who I ended up texting when I got home when this all ended because I'm here, I'm alive. I, he didn't kill me, but my phone's dead. I'm a little bit tipsy. I'm having a panic attack in this strangely sterile, like non-decorated bathroom. And I'm just like, how do I get out of this situation? How, how do I leave? What do I do? Like I'm freaking out something for whatever reason makes me feel like this guy isn't safe. I don't want to be here. I just want to be at home. I just want to be holding Bentley. Like I was just like freaking out. 
I was, I lost all my sense of chill. So I did what any person who's ever had a panic attack and doesn't know what to do but needs to leave a situation does and just literally made the most awkward exit of probably my entire dating history. I came out of the bathroom, pretended my sister had called and I suddenly had to go. Like literally didn't have an excuse, not only that, most used excuse in the book, somebody calls and you have to go. I feel really bad because it was very abrupt and I don't, I don't think he knew I was feeling anxious. Didn't feel safe to say I was panicking because I was also low-key panicking based on the amount of serial killer talk. <laughs> so I left. Um, and then the funny follow-up to this story is two years later, Larissa and I were at an event and this model, beautiful, he was beautiful walks in the door and we make the most awkward eye contact because mind you we had gone on three dates two years prior this guy seems like the kind of guy that probably went on a lot of dates and i feel like he was like do i know her meanwhile i'm sitting there being like larissa that serial killer can and that was that so my next scary boy story is vampire vince and I would like to call him Vampire. His, his Vampire Vince's profile is a couple years older, tall, dark, and handsome, but is so negative, he sucks the life out of you. That's a little mean. That was a little harsh, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to stick to it. So Vampire Vince and I knew each other through association, and Vampire Vince slides into my DMs and asks to take me on a date. Now, I knew that Vampire Vince had a tendency to do this. There was a couple people that I didn't know personally, but I knew through association, he had slid into their DMs and asked them on a date, but I was just like, yeah, you know what? Because again, I was young, liked going on dates, honestly. When someone asks you out on a date, you're just kind of like, yeah, I guess. I think the problem with people that slide into your DMs and don't know you, but based on your social media, conceptualize an idea about you is a problem. Especially, I think, if you post or you create any sort of content for work or any kind of branded content or any kind, like if, if social media is your job, which it is my job, that makes it even weirder. So Vampire Vince definitely had a preconceived notion of what he thought he was getting himself into. And at the time, like I said, I was younger. So I feel like my social media definitely reflects a lot more of my values and who I am and even just like my just like I, I guess just the different things that make me who I am as a person but back in the day I've definitely fallen into that mindset of kind of posting social media or posting to social media in order to kind of like look like you're living a certain aesthetic or life and I feel like not that I was doing that by any means at this time but I feel like if you would have not known me in person and only known me through social media and you were a guy I had posted like a few fitness booty pics around this time. I was posting some beach bikini pics and so I feel like he thought he was getting an Instagram Barbie and not um, like a Taylor Swift super fan, cozy comfort, loves to talk about mental health and ways to help the world and, and why human life exists type. Uh, I don't think he was planning on opening that can of worms. See, I'm just like a really passionate person. So especially when I go on dates and I, I meet people, whether I'm on a date or not, I love, 
I just love, I'm passionate about life and I love to talk about things. And I assume when you're on dates that that's a good thing. That's a good sign when you've got a lot of rapport going, but he, so when we go, we go out on this date and we go to this restaurant that he chose, which was fine. Like he definitely took charge of the situation, but in a way that I could instantly feel was a little bit, again, dealing with a little bit of that bravado, it's a masculine thing. We get it. Even his body language kind of rubbed me wrong. You know, it just kind of seemed so like leaning back with like one arm in his chair. He knew the people that ran the restaurant. So he would be like, oh, like Billy, like, can you bring us a bottle of, and like, I don't know wine. So whatever wine he said, I wouldn't have known if it was fancy or not. And I was just like, I didn't even really know if I wanted to drink red, but and apparently now I do, but at the time I actually didn't really like red wine. So I was just like, okay, Kaylin, we're drinking red wine. That's fine. Like the problem is I don't, I don't feel like I have a physical type, but if I, if I were to say that I lean one way, the tall, dark and handsome thing usually gets me. And I feel like I was trying really hard to like give vampire Vince the benefit of the doubt but Vampire Vince was, his whole demeanor was just so like lifeless and like blah. And I just feel like it kind of came across a little bit disrespectful, you know? Normally I'm attracted to the tall, dark and handsome, but I just felt myself like repelled. And I felt like it was like, if I got excited about something, he would act like that wasn't cool. And it was almost like being a little kid and being like shunned. Like he asked me about my job and I got like really excited telling him about what I do. And he was like, that's cool. <laughs> And I just felt all of the energy just be like sucked out of me. And I was just like, yeah, it is cool. We were talking and like at one point he pulls out his phone and checks it. And I was just like, okay, okay. All right, maybe I'm just so far out. At the time I hadn't gone on a lot of dates and I was just like, maybe I've just been so far out of the game that like I just, I just don't realize that this is how people date now. Like, I don't know, it rubs me the wrong way, but maybe I just have too high of expectations. That's a problem that we'll talk about another time because that definitely is not the case. But I was just like, what is this guy's deal? Like, he just seems so like lifeless, dead. You seem like a vampire because you're sucking all the fun out of this. And like, you're yawning, like just acting like he's too cool to, to care. I get up and I go to the bathroom and I messaged my friend who knew this date was happening at the time. And I was just like, this sucks. Like. There's no way he likes me. Like his entire vibe is it almost like, it just seems like disinterest and distaste for me. It's just, this sucks, this sucks. So anyway, I go back and I sit down at the table and Vampire Vince looks up and has the audacity to ask if I want to go back to his place. Okay, Vampire Vince, I, I see your game. First and foremost, red flag should have seen the fact that we went out for dinner at like 9.30. Second red flag, Vampire Vince, literally entire body language just seems so disinterested, not just in me, but in life itself. After just being so dead the entire date, to ask if I wanna go back to your coffin with you. No, I do not wanna do that. That sounds like a terrible idea. So just to wrap up the Vampire Vince story, a couple weeks later, the friend that I texted when I was in the washroom told me that Vampire Vince said I was boring. 
that I was boring, that he thought I was somebody else, but then when we finally went out for dinner, that I was boring. You're damn right you took me out for dinner and I talked about the things that I enjoy. And if you even wanted to get close to bringing your dead ass back to life with this, then you need to respect a lady with some passion. You need to show up with that energy. You don't need to even meet me there. You just gotta show it. But hey, I guess that's fair. When you've been dead for hundreds of years, someone that is lively and passionate and excited might seem boring to you. Not a mood, okay? That ain't no Edward Cullen, I'm telling you that much. So this next scary boy story is probably my juiciest and spiciest, if you will, because it's burning up Brad. Um, but before we do, I'll leave you with a little bit of anticipation while I leave you guys with some of the messages that brought you guys today's Coffee Talk podcast episode. There who pays my bills, my friends. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. All right. Are we ready for this third scary boy story? I want to tell you the legend of burning up Brad. This is more recent. I have done a lot of self-work in the last little bit, and I feel like... I feel like a lot of the decisions that I've made dating-wise, looking back now with the wisdom that I have now, I would make different decisions, but this is, Burning Up Brad taught me a lot because I feel like this was the first time I ever realized how incredibly complicated but intuitive our bodies are. If serial killer Ken didn't teach me that my body's instincts are way more intelligent than I am, then Burning Up Brad definitely did. Okay, let me get into the story because you're probably wondering, 
burning up Brad, your brain's probably going to some places. So let me give you Brad's profile. So Burning Up Brad is older. I met Burning Up Brad in Toronto. I'm just gonna call him Brad because it's just too long to say Burning Up Brad. I met Brad in Toronto and Brad was 10 plus years older than me. Now, at the time that I met Brad, I was not feeling particularly confident or good about myself and I was just honestly looking for somebody that could self-validate me but I could also have deep intellectual conversations with. So basically what I'm saying is I was kind of just looking for somebody to sleep with but someone that I could sleep with but also have deep late night conversations with but that I wouldn't date. Like I wasn't intending to date Burning Up Brad and I don't think Burning Up Brad was intending to date me either but that's besides the point. So Burning Up Brad was in his later 30s. Burning Up Brad was very good looking, very successful mind you. He was some sort of like CEO of something. He played it really cool honestly and that was hella attractive. I'm not gonna lie. He played it very low-key despite his success but I also feel like so when I date I normally don't tell people what I do and I normally keep my social media out of it at least until a few dates in so I feel like it kind of worked because I also was playing my job a little chill and cool because people can get really weird when you're on dates and you tell them what you do for a living and I also don't like when people can go watch my content kind of like I said with Vampire Vince like I don't like people making preconceived notions on who I am I like to get to know people first before they find out what I do so we both kind of played it chill on our jobs then both found out that we were pretty successful and he was a little bit older so like we definitely had deep conversations and he definitely had some life wisdom you know like there was a lot of boxes checked in terms of what I think we were both needing at the time but my body did not agree at all so like I said I was looking to just have a little fun with Brad but every single time Brad and I had fun I would get this really weird physical sensation okay this might be weird I don't know if anybody listening has ever experienced this before if you have let me know so I feel a little less weird about it I told my friends about it and I feel like they said they've had kind of similar things happen but this is basically what would this is the bridge Breakdown. Okay, we would get down to business, but as soon as we would go to get down to business, my entire body would burn up. Like, it almost felt like, like, uh, like I was having an allergic reaction. I would just get hot, like really hot, and I would start sweating, and I could feel my cheeks burning, and it would be so uncomfortable, because especially, like, Burning Up Brad was super chill, super nice, but, like, I, I felt like I couldn't say anything, because I didn't really understand what was happening, burning alive from the inside out, but I just wouldn't really say anything, and... Again, like that's my own doing, but oh, and it just like, at first I thought it was just anxiety, but after like the third or fourth time it happened, I was like, okay, what is that? Like, what is going on there? So then TMI, but we're close here, so I'm just gonna be open and honest with you guys because this is just a normal part of human life, especially if you're a woman and you have lady parts. So it ended up becoming almost like a physical manifestation all across my body. I went and got tested. I had no STIs, nothing was wrong. It was literally just that every time I would sleep with him, my body, like it would throw off my entire pH levels. My entire body would burn up like I was on fire. And it basically felt like my my body telling me no like don't do this like don't it was weird because it was during a time that I was really trying to work 
casual sex into my life. Like, I know that that sounds, we're really getting honest and real, but it's okay because we're having wine today, so I feel like we can open up these doors. This is really friendly chat we're having today. But honestly, I just felt like I was, I had for the longest time kind of shamed myself. I could only sleep with people I was dating, so I was trying to step outside my comfort zone, and this, he was just this beautiful, intelligent, successful man that we had really great, deep, conversation with but my body was just like nope bad like don't do that and it's weird because I feel like it's really hard to have friendships with guys especially once you've crossed that line like you can't just be like yo we have deep conversations you just want to hang out and not sleep together because every time you get close to me my body burns up into an inferno you can't say that and so I feel like it just inevitably I had to I had to cut it I had to cut it loose I had to stop seeing burning up Brad because it, it hurt. Like it physically hurt my body. It threw all of my hormones and pH levels off. And I was so sick of having to like drink cranberry juice on the regular. Anyways, tragic story. Cause burning up Brad was a sweetheart and I wish him all the best, but my body, I don't know why I, I it's weird because I tried looking into it and there's not a lot of information out there, but it makes you wonder like, does our body like physically or chemically, does it just not, is it just literally a physical chemical reaction or compatibility with other people. It's really crazy to think how our bodies, minds, and souls all work together. But anyways, I digress because we have one more scary boy story. This one I themed off Outlander just because I know that that's not like really a Halloween vibe, but it kind of could be if you made this guy Jamie Frazier for Halloween. But I'm going to tell you guys about outlandish Oliver. This one hurts my soul guys because this is probably one of those bad boys if you watch the bad boy coffee talk that I will say I I inevitably like I didn't trip or fall down it. I I cannonballed into this bad boy, I tell ya. So let me give you a profile on Outlandish Oliver. Outlandish Oliver was from Scotland, living in Toronto, and had the most buttery freaking voice I have ever heard in my life. I didn't understand half the things he was saying, and I didn't even really care if I'm being honest with you. Like, I remember our first date, we just, and like, he was Scottish, boy could drink and we got lit and ate guacamole and drank so much wine and we were just like I remember giggling endlessly because I just kept on being like I don't understand what you're saying but like in my head I was melting and swooning because everything he said sounded beautiful it sounded just exquisite to my ears. The red flags didn't come with Outlandish Oliver until I started recognizing the way that he would describe talking about me to his friends. Like it kind of threw me off a little bit because he would mention that like in his group chat he had told his friends that he had been on a few dates with this girl and he had known about my job. He found it out relatively early on. Having like an insider for events or like parties and like things to go to and that kind of threw me off a little bit because even though yes that is definitely with my job I knew that there were going to be more events and parties and like restaurant openings and like fun things that you can do because you're in social media but like honestly my social anxiety most of 
of the time makes me decline a lot of those things. It's a sad truth. And on top of that, so, so it kind of made this feeling of like, wait, I feel like you're more excited about the things that like I'm getting invited to than I am. And like, you kind of seem more excited about that than you do about me. But I was young and decided to just bypass those red flags, just like every scary movie you've ever seen. So this one night I was in a hotel for work. I had this really pretty hotel room and him and I went out for a date. We went out for dinner and it went really well. It was really fun. And he was talking about how the hotel I was staying in, he always wanted to see what the rooms look like. And again, guys, I know I, I probably knew then too, honestly, what he meant. But at that point, I think I was, I was cool with it. So I was like, yeah, you should come, you should come see the hotel. Like, because I was staying with work or a company, the hotels that they normally put you in are, are quite fancy. And I was in a fancy room and I thought that that was cool. And you know, things are more fun shared. And why am I justifying my actions? Yes, I chose to bring a beautiful Scottish man back to my hotel room. But I will say like, again, hindsight 2020, red flag probably should have been how persistent he was about wanting to see this hotel room, especially with the prior red flags. But guys, butter, his voice was like butter. I'm not even going to explain or justify myself again. So at this point, we're lit. Okay. Like I said, Scottish can drink. So we were drunk and we go back to the hotel. But before we even get into the room, I won't get too spicy with you guys, but before we even get into the room, he like does this really like quite graceful, despite the amount of wine we had gesture or move really where he kind of like, like pinned me in the elevator and kissed me. And it was really cute and really romantic. And then kind of did it again before we even went into the room, like right against the, the hotel door. But I am a little bit of a slow mover, especially like I said, I have worked a lot on my self doubt, but I tend to kind of work myself up in those situations. And I definitely did. I started feeling this like, oh my God, you know, things are kind of moving really fast and suddenly it's like I'm not in my body anymore and I just need to take a second. Just, just my anxiety, just knocking on the door again, you know, ruining a perfect outlander date. But on top of that, honestly, and just, just like important note to maybe even make, like, especially as a woman, when you're drinking and you're on a date, when you do get that feeling like things are kind of getting ahead of themselves, I think it is important to note and to be like, to take a second if you need a second. And I needed a second. So I was like, I'm just gonna go to the bathroom, classic move, you know, take a breath, refresh. And I went into the bathroom and I was like a little head spinny. I was like, I think I'm a little too drunk right now. And I don't know, I don't know what I feel like doing because if he keeps speaking my body, this is like the complete opposite of burning up bread because it was like, if he keeps speaking, my body's gonna say yes, but my brain over here is like freaking out. Anyway, to avoid making this an R-rated podcast episode today, I'm sorry, um, I decided to lead with my body, which led to chilling and watching TV. And we were just kind of like hanging out. You know, we were in this beautiful hotel room. It felt like I was literally living some sort of dream that I didn't even know I had, I had been missing out on dreaming yet. I was like, this is a dream in true form. Everything you're saying, I still don't understand. And now we're watching Britain's Got Talent. I don't understand the concoction of things going on, but I'm down for it. This woman comes out on the stage and we were just like, we were just watching and like joking around and stuff. And this woman was heavier set and she walks out on stage and he made like this. I understood he made the most grotesque comment about her physical appearance. And instantly I was like, pardon? Like, what did you just say? Did I hear you right? And 
And he says it again. He's like, oh, I can't even do, I'm really bad at accents, but he's like, oh, like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to mess this bad. I'm only joking less. Or like, that was Irish. What was that? Uh, I'm only, I'm only kidding you. I'm only kidding you. Uh, I'm only making a joke. I, it was harsh. It was a harsh joke. And you know, maybe I shouldn't take those things so seriously, but I also, no, I'm sorry. Maybe I should. I am not going to abandon my morals or values for a beautiful Scottish man. I was like, that was really rude. Outlandish Oliver starts getting a little outlandish. We start bickering a little bit. And I'm like, this is weird because I, even guys that I have dated, guys that I had longer relationship, guys that you have met, literally if you've been watching my channel, you've met some of my boyfriends. I have never gotten into like bickerments, one, this early on, and two, kind of I guess like over someone not understanding that what they just said was really offensive and like really out of line and really hurtful and kind of just like mean. The fact is, is like I could have let it slide. I honestly could have. But even though he said he was joking, I think he like liked that it bothered me and he kept on saying things for like, I don't know if it was shock value or what, but I was just kind of like, and there were really just harsh, mean, terrible things about people's appearances or like how appearances are all that really actually matters and like all of this stuff. So keep in mind, this is the first time and the only time that I had, you know, that we had bypassed all of the previous baseball bases, if you will. And he follows it up by basically solidifying that entire experience in my mind as him just being a jerk. My, I just watched this beautiful dreamscape shatter in front of me. And we're also very wine drunk. And I am not normally a foot down type of person. Like I feel like if you guys haven't noticed from these stories, I tend to lean into kindness when I'm uncomfortable which is honestly, I think it's a good thing, but I also think it can sometimes be a problem because I basically abandon myself and shift all of my boundaries so that somebody else doesn't become uncomfortable. But this night, I was not about to do that. I was like, get out of my hotel room right now. <laughs> and I don't know what came over me, but I actually told him to leave. I asked, I asked not so politely for him to basically get his things and go because the things that he was saying were so offensive to me that I just could not. So to wrap that scary boy story and the final scary boy story up with a pretty little bow, this gets me. This one, this is like one of those things I don't like to hold resentment. I really don't. Um, but this gets me because especially looking back, I was younger then, but looking back now, I think I was in the right, but at the time I thought I was in the wrong. So the next day I sent him a message basically apologizing and saying that I felt like I was just a little too drunk and that I maybe took it, took what he said too seriously, although I still didn't agree with what he had said. And he basically wrote back saying that I was a bitch and out outlandish Oliver went never to be seen again. So there you guys have it. Those are my scary boy stories. I hope you guys got some form of entertainment. Honestly,
honestly, who needs ghost stories when you've got boy stories? That said, I want to hear your guys' boy stories if you feel so inclined to share. If you have any scary boy stories, feel free to write it in the comments down below if you're listening on YouTube. And if you're in any of the other areas of the podcast world, feel free to come on over to the Discord chat or to the YouTube chat to chat about your scary boy stories. Aside from that, I love you guys all the way through all of the other galaxies and back into the Milky Way. And I'll talk to all of you guys in next week's podcast, or if you're following the YouTuber train, then I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye guys.